0: Hey there, and welcome to Think Radio, an auditory experiment in support of Think Studio. I am here, my name is Taylor Kendall, uh, again your host, and I'm here with Rami Kaleer, Ben Winkelhoff. I'm gonna let them uh, introduce themselves, but we're gonna, we're gonna just have a little jam, a little combo jam here. Quick combo R- jam. <laughs> Go I ahead, like give, it. give us, uh, Rami, first just a little background. What are you up to? I think most listening will, will, will know you, but uh, quick bio and then what are you up to these days? Hey,
1: I'm Ramey. I like to run. I like to cook good food. And every <laughs> now and then I play along with uh, learning technologies. It's good to be here with Ben, Taylor, colleagues and friends. What's going on, Ben?
2: Yep, uh, Ben Wolkoff and I, uh, I work here on the CU Anschutz campus, uh, play around with digital learning for the School of Dental Medicine. Um, and yeah, I actually just was in a, a workshop where we got to do a lot of design thinking and I'm now really jazzed about the idea of creating a nutrition label for learning. Mm. Um, I the, the concept that uh, there might be empty calories uh, within our courses um, or that, you know, what is, what is the... Uh, um, the fat of the content um, that requires a lot of energy in order to learn, um, but that is it's storing up the the learning energy for us for later.
1: Yeah, I love it, Ben. Yeah. So we just came out of this workshop where we were talking about yeah design and the future of learning, and someone recommended creating nutrition labels for individual courses, similar to the way that we see the nutrition label on anything we might buy at the supermarket, cereal box, whatever. Let's play around with the analogy, though, because yeah. we didn't actually, we didn't play around with the analogy, I thought enough in the workshop, yeah. which we could have. So, yes, nutrition labels on individual items. Yes. But those nutrition labels refer to this kind of, some would have called it at one point, this kind of food pyramid, mm-hmm. this kind of recommended servings and the ways in which different categories of foods relate to each other. Yes. Right? So it's like you should probably eat more fruits right. generally than you should, like sugary candy
0: correct so how do faculty respond to their like High saturated fat content course that then has it publicly displayed for the world.
1: No, I don't know. That's right. I don't know about that. Yeah, we haven't got, well, we're Well, well, but not the, to,
2: the question is, do uh, we? We wouldn't do that to faculty members. No, it's no. a reflection tool for mm-hmm. them right. to evaluate the the content that they are making. Mm-hmm. How much of this is weighted towards one way of learning?
1: That's right. And you can right. evaluate it at the course level, but you could also use again like your food pyramid to evaluate at the program level. Right. Like mm-hmm. how do All of our courses provide so many servings of, you know, carbs and pastas and breads, but our courses are not providing enough servings of, you know, good protein or whatever
2: I love it right and, and I think that you can, you can as long as we're sort of defining terms right like you know what is the lecture is yes. the lecture a, uh, a carb or a, right. mm-hmm. a bread it, or pasta or right. is it um, you know something that's really dense and, and you know something that requires a lot of energy to, to actually burn off yes. um, right. you know and, and what's the right balance there but I, I think actually the analogy especially for a medical campus is super apt uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but just the idea that we're actually, we have reflection tools to think about the balance of our content and our courses. Um, and there, there really aren't a whole bunch of them other than like a quality matters rubric that doesn't really do the, the service of, of sort of uh, allowing a, uh, an individual to reflect upon their process of creating content or of creating a course and, and sort of evaluating that over time.
1: So what's the first step, Ben, on, on bringing the food label to
0: life? I was like, the, the organic craze is in the air. We're in Denver. Right. Like, these are all, <laughs> that's right. this is the right time.
2: Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Um, so uh, what I did was sort of in the, uh, during the workshop, I was like, all right, what is on the food label? So I just, you know, went and searched and I'm like, okay, these are all the elements of the food label. What do they correlate to? within a course right and so you draw the one to one analogy and sometimes it breaks down and you know things like that but i like the idea of extending that then to the f- Broader ecosystem of, of food and sort of like what do you because it's it it is a food pyramid but there's also this assumption within the nutrition label that there is a two thousand calorie right. uh, sort of recommendation mm-hmm. right but does every type of learner actually need two thousand calories in order to get the outcome or could they you know subsist on a five hundred calorie diet or, um,
1: or some people need three or four thousand calories right. because they're they're training for a marathon right they're they're, they're you know they're they're in a master's program that, like, or they're, they're like you know becoming a doctor. Or. <laughs> super you know they need to be eating a lot more than others. I'm also thinking about I guess I have two quick thoughts. One is that, of course all of this around nutrition labels and the food pyramid is all of course in a particularly American western construct. Totally. And when we think about notions of kind of culture and learning so kind of on my side of the campus maybe not the medical school but our school of education we talk a lot about culturally responsive and culturally sustaining practices and so how does that I'm still working on that, but yeah, I mean, totally. but, I, but I'm also reminded. Here's the second thing I want to mention. Folks listening, and I certainly, the, both of you are probably familiar with Michael Pollan and his work as a journalist, thinking a lot about food, thinking critically about food systems, and thinking a lot about what goes into the food that we buy, particularly in grocery stores. Mm-hmm. And he's talked about the idea, and I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but he's talked about the idea like that if your grandmother can't recognize. The ingredients in this food, right? If it's all just a whole bunch of, you know, laboratory concocted crazy ingredients that somebody who just is kind of accustomed to cooking with the basic, if they can't recognize that as food, if it's not real food, but has more than however many ingredients it might not be healthy. And I wonder if we think about our classes in the same way.
0: What's what's the MSG existing right. within the, the educational well, ecosystem? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Well, and and there's I, some interesting, and that's also interesting because <laughs> there's an interesting kind of cultural pushback around why MSG might actually be okay. Sure. Right. But like, what are we intentionally choosing to put into stuff?
2: Well, and I think that idea of it being overly produced or we purchase it from other folks and then repackage it as our own. Yeah. You know, like the, yeah. what is the... Generic food uh, of uh, our online courses and, and context came up, which I think is
0: it's so aligned here. I mean, why why wouldn't I mean the the indigenous indigenous foods and populations of certain regions of the world require different sorts of nutritional intake because of that environment? Like, mm-hmm. why would we mm-hmm. not teach with that so, same sort of understanding um, the, the food you know that you are going to s- live in and sustain a family on? In the Amazon in Brazil is not and should not be what, what we take in necessarily in the West. So, you know, it's, oh, this
1: is interesting. I'm reminded that there's been a trend. I'm going to shift to a very specific example here. Again, you both certainly are, and I guess people probably listening are probably quite familiar with uh, the trend in open educational resources, OER, and there are now a number of institutions that are just showing uh, in their course catalogs, these are the courses that use OER. These are the courses where if you register for this class, you are not going to be encumbered by a super expensive textbook cost. You're not going to be shelling out of pocket Mm -hmm. anything additional to the tuition that you're already paying you can go to whether it's the CUNY campus, some of their pages or whatever, maybe I think actually maybe the SUNY system. In any case, you can say, these are the classes I can register for that are OER. And it's just another kind of indicator of what goes on this food label right. you know, to know, like, does this class have you know, OER? Zero, then it means that I'm going to probably be buying some crazy textbook or having to purchase some access
2: code from some publisher. Right, it's a food subscription service that you're that exactly. you're paying for. Yeah, uh, you're, you're at Whole Foods for this course. It's right, it's going to cost. It, me. <laughs> yeah. So I I do think that there is obviously a lot that we can play around with the metaphor, but um, if we are able to sort of work with faculty members to to evaluate their own the their creative processes and and their the processes that they have to live within you know then they're able to um you know, essentially make better food, make better courses, right? So, and I, and I think ultimately it becomes the, the student that, who is the agent who gets to decide what foods am I going to purchase, right? What learning am I going to take part in? Because I know that I need this for sustenance. I need this for the marathon. I need this, you know, and so mm-hmm. then it still places, because we, we do a very good job, at least in in sort of modern American culture, of making it all about the person and sort of their choices um, but there are some things that are better for us than others and as an institution we can recommend those things that are better but ultimately it's the student at the end of the day who gets to make that choice that's right that's great yeah that's great. perfect so I don't know if we want to leave it there let's leave yeah, it there yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah I didn't plan on that being the road we went down but I love it <laughs> and I should I actually uh, we should add that. Uh, think rethink 101, well, which is say, a few days if away. Working, if
1: you're looking for a good meal, right. And you want <laughs> to <right>. share, <laughs> right. you want to have a communal yeah. experience, sharing some nutritious. But as and an unconference, food. this is
0: something we could dig into a lot deeper. I think sure. and have potentially totally. yeah. have a devoted session around like what would it really look like to to map this analogy out? Yes. I love and, it
1: and actually I do happen to know that the food that is catered for
0: Fridays con- on conference will be good yeah nice so, so come there <laughs> you <laughs> go it's gonna be some good food uh, anything else you guys wanna point people at just as far as what you're up to and resources anything like that no, which is like the don't. kind of cliche thing you do for a podcast I mean, if you, <laughs> you wanna follow
2: me on on social media it's B-H-W-Y-L-K-O-F-F um, and I love talking to new people yeah, yeah
1: sure and, uh, yeah I'm on Twitter as well it's at Rami Khalir R-E-M-I-K-A-L-I-R
0: and it's funny, Wilcoff, I would just, I just was listening to, sorry, I know you're Ben, but yeah. I said Winklehoff, and it's because I was just listening to the Winklevoss twins present at South By, and oh. when you just spelled I'm sure it out. sure
2: they did an amazing job. <laughs> hey, look, look, I got it. You're you're gonna stay away from that one. Anyway, sorry. No, I'm realizing. Oh, I don't care. I I know you don't. But
0: but it just triggered in my mind where that came from. Anyway. All right. Cool. Thank you both. Thank you both for taking a little time. Uh, Until next next time, this is Think Radio, because reasons.
1: Because reasons. Yeah.